This is Jamie from Washington, and I would never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. This champagne fuel, 267th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, sitting across from me, the lovely, the talented, the Golden Globe maniac, Brittany Page. Well, that's what I was going to say. We're taking a cue from the Golden Globes with our champagne-fueled podcast, because there was a lot of champagne to go around. Uh, and that, that also is one of those award shows that's known for the boozing. Yes. Like, I think there was a reference that somebody said, okay, we're back on the air. Everybody come back from the bar. <laughs> oh, was there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, aren't they all like that, though? Uh, maybe. They're all just I getting think drunk. the Golden Globes, because it's such a small place... That they all rush back to the back of the room. Mm. It's a tiny little place in there. Yeah. They were asshole to elbow in there tonight. Yeah. You saw, like I saw Mel Gibson get pissed off. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe it was because he was around a bunch of Jews, but he was angry that he was being bumped by people as they were trying to make their way to the award stage. Yeah. Well, how dare they? Yeah. You know. Bump into his chair. Wacky ass Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then Meryl Streep gave her speech, which was really great. An unbelievable speech. I thought it was great. Yeah. And, and I was sitting there thinking of people in the audience like Mel Gibson. Yeah. Or S- Sylvester Stallone. Or Vince Vaughn, who is... Is he conservative too? I think he's a libertarian. Huh. Uh, but I know that he's not a fan of liberals. I've, I've heard that. So I, I was thinking of the few, the very few conservative or libertarian people in the audience and what they must have been thinking while Meryl Streep was going on. Yeah, yeah. And attacking Well, I had, Donald I had Trump. people tweet me like, hey, are you going to do a video on Tommy Lahren? Because mm-hmm. apparently she was losing her goddamn mind during yeah. the speech on Twitter. It was a very beautiful speech. I, what was there to complain about? Uh, she's she's a- advocating for the president of the United States to not be a, a, a fucking cock. Yeah, she's and make fun making fun of 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 disabled people. She's advocating. Do I already need to do it? <laughs> Does it need to be done already? With the forceful nature that you said the word. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by Jesse uh, Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. So, All right, well, now that we got that out of the way, she was advocating, I guess it's no surprise to the audience that I think Donald Trump is a cop. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was advocating kindness. That's it. Absolutely. And, What's there to complain about? And someone who's not attacking the press. That's basically that's basically it. Unbelievable. And people are unhappy with it, saying that she shouldn't be talking about it, that she doesn't live in the real world. Oh, like Donald Trump lives in the real world. I saw a tweet from a guy. Yeah, let me unplug my phone and take a look at it. And he says... I'm sure it's a great tweet. He's... Lalo Daglotch or something is his name. That does not sound like a correct pronunciation. It's certainly not. Um, but he tweeted... And he says, sorry, I'm stalling as I read it. Why do actors nowadays think they are civil rights leaders? You are celebrities slash millionaires, not the voice of the oppressed. 
And I answered him back and I said, yeah, they should keep their mouths shut like Donald Trump always did when he was a TV reality star. Well, what is... What are you talking about? What is this impulse to say that celebrities shouldn't talk about things because they have money? They're still citizens. They still vote. They still have a vote. They still can participate in the process. Also, I don't think most of these people have always had money. There's the rare Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Sure. those, Those people. But not everyone in that audience comes from enormous wealth. They've lived a life previous to this where they may have struggled or may have experienced this, right? A regular life. Yeah. So uh, it's just irritating. Well, the other thing is, aren't they doing a disservice to the world if they have a platform and can preach peace and preach love and preach acceptance? They're using their (sighs) power. They're using their privilege in a way that they should be using it. Right. Not to stand in front of a bunch of fucking hillbillies. And scream about uh, and make make handicap imitations. Yeah, how like a cock? How dare you use your power and privilege to speak for those who are being oppressed? How dare you use uh, it in that way? Fucking people, Lalo Daglotch. <laughs> What's his name? Let me look again. You're never going to be able to pronounce it correctly. I don't know why. Lalo Dagich. It's not getting better. That's it. That's his name. Oh, is that the way? La- you- yeah, I'm looking at it. Okay. Well, you're looking at it. You were looking at it before trying to read it. No, I was stalling He keeps showing it to me. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) goddamn. So anyway, that happened tonight. That was a good time. It's always kind of a a respite to watch just a boring Uh fucking award show that wasn't funny at all because Jimmy Fallon was such a turd. Anyway, let's let's move on. We got some voicemails to get to. We have some voicemails and some emails to get to. We always appreciate the communication from the audience. Let's start with something lighthearted. Don't we have a lighthearted email or something? Because these these two voicemails are... Well, let's start with this voicemail. Hola, persons. John from Pennsylvania checking in. You want to comment on our tweeter-in-chief? Handling him well... Uh, because you have one of two options. You either take everything he says completely seriously or you ignore it. And so far they're taking everything he says completely seriously. So he has legitimacy now. To be quite honest, I, I sort of miss Sarah Palin and, and wish she had a, a an active Twitter account. Perhaps she does. Wish they talked about her more because <laughs> she was Anyway, have a good one. I, again, I think sometimes our callers are up inside of the asshole of a bum or something because half of that call I didn't get. <laughs> didn't understand it there, John from Pennsylvania. I will say this, though. The, the, the comment about him now having legitimacy, in 11 days, he will be the president of the United States. He has legitimacy just based on that. Mm-hmm. Not his, we, don't, we don't have to a choice of whether to take his Twitter seriously or not. He's the most powerful uh, governing individual on the planet. We have no choice but to take him seriously. Mm-hmm. So ugh, maybe that wasn't so jokey. 
Well, I have a, a relatively lighthearted email All if right. you would like to do that. Lay it on me. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. I was listening to your conversation about the inauguration and the trouble getting big celebrities to perform. I heard that Hillary Clinton is going to attend the ceremony now. That means she'll be the biggest celebrity there. I hope they let her sing. I couldn't come down on a single song I'd most like to hear from her, though. But maybe Lion Eyes by the Eagles, the theme from the Manchurian Candidate, Wyclef John covering CCR's Fortunate Son, or just the simple CeeLo Green classic, Fuck You. But I was curious what song you guys and the listeners would like to hear at the inauguration. Speaking of listeners, do we have a denonym yet? Doll babies, doubtettes, infowars, refugees. I, I, what is a denonym? Well, I Googled it, and <laughs> it is a word that identifies residents or natives of a particular place. Huh. Yes, which is derived from the name of that particular place. So infowars, refugees would not, would not work there. Uh, Brittany <laughs> remains the best part, but the other fella is closing the gap. Take care, guys. Yeah. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. So a song that I think would be good is your karaoke song. What, which is what? The, oh, the Lee Greenwood, God Bless the USA. Yeah. I think if if if, if Hillary Clinton were to do a rendition of uh, the, the the Trump girl's no. s- stupid thing. No. Over there. What do you know that, to that tune? Yeah, no. I don't have it loaded up. Otherwise, I'd play it. But I'm so thankful. Every time be, you talk about it, I get scared. Hillary Clinton could do a great version of that in the costume, the red, white, and blue costume, and the choreography. Yeah, I think it would be great. Yeah, I could really see Hillary Clinton doing a lot of choreography. And to answer your question, we don't have uh, a denonym officially named yet, like the Doubters or the Dollamore people or whatever, because... That just I made I we floated that out there and it uh it fizzled. It fizzled. Well, we asked the listeners to send in their ideas and it fizzled. So uh <laughs> But uh George W. Bush is also That's right. attending the inauguration that. now, so he will be the second biggest celebrity. I'm sure he's more of a celebrity than former Secretary of State. He he's an actual prior sitting president. That is, and Obama has to be there. That's kind of the deal. True. Yeah. So Jimmy Carter, George W. Bush, uh, George H. W. Bush is not attending due to health. Yeah, reasons. he's sick. He's yeah. old as shit. He celebrated like his seventy second wedding anniversary today. Wow. R- right. What wow. is he? Five hundred years old. That's seventy two years of being married. Wow. That's a love affair. That's pretty great. Yeah. Good for them. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's go to another email and then we'll we'll wrap with this uh, this other voicemail because it's a little heavy. This is from Dave. Hey Jesse, I'm a conservative dude and I enjoy your podcasts and the conversation videos. I'm curious of what you think about that dude, Milo Yiannopoulos. The reason I ask is because a lot of mainstream media has dubbed this dude a hack, but you haven't even mentioned him. Thanks. Have a happy New Year, Dave. We I think we talked about him on the last show. We think he's great, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talked about him on the uh, on the Patreon call quite a bit mm-hmm. and his outfit choices. But I will say this about Milo Yiannopoulos. Well, let me say this first. I think Dave might think that the YouTube channel is what the podcast is. I think a lot of people think that. So I think Dave might not be even hearing this because he doesn't know that this entire program even exists. That is 
likely the so case. So I needn't even mention, I need don't even need to talk about what I feel about Milo because all of the people actually hearing this know that I've talked about him enough. You're not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan of Milo on the I Doubt It With Dallin He is the human embodiment of a troll. He, I mean, he is... He is for sure a troll. He is a live action caricature of, mm-hmm. what, a, of what a troll is. Mm-hmm. So We've got a couple more emails, don't we? Yes. And then we'll get to the the Facebook Live torture insanity that happened, which a caller wanted to talk about. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. Love the show. I was listening to your latest episode in which you addressed Dylan Roof and his trial. I live in Charleston, served in the military here for about 13 years, and was a close friend to two of the victims from Mother Emanuel. Wow. I just wanted to tell you that Jesse's struggle with being opposed to the death penalty, but struggling with this case, is very personal to me. These crimes are so heinous, and Roof is without remorse. Add to that that these are good friends of mine, gone forever, and this case has been difficult for me to reconcile with my political beliefs. But isn't that always the way of ideas and feelings? I have tried to avoid thinking about this debate. I'm actually crying as I write this, but I am very happy that Jesse brought this back to the forefront for me. As people, it is good to deal with our pain, but we must also work through it and learn from everything. Thanks for the coverage of this case. Love the show. And I'm sorry, Brittany, but my brother-in-arms, Jesse, is the best part. (laughs) Uh, Listen. It is an immeasurably difficult case to talk about. Anytime that innocent life is taken by a madman fueled by hate, it is difficult. And especially when you bring into to the conversation things topics like uh, the death penalty. Because any reasonable, rational person is going to feel, or it seems to me, to feel that burning, seething desire to see retribution, to see vengeance, to see the wrong righted in, in whatever way we can with the limited resources that we have as human beings. Mm-hmm. And the fact still remains that if the death penalty is wrong, then it's still wrong in this case, no matter how warm and fuzzy temporarily it would make us feel to see him killed. But it's a tragedy all the way around. There's no silver lining to this at all. Thanks for the email. We appreciate it very much. I think we have one more. And then to this other terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible subject. So this is from Conrad in Kansas. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. So it seems that a bunch of fans are fuming because of your segment bumpers. I figured that I'm a musician and I have a useless opinion, so I can shit on your good work too. (laughs) You use a banjo clip whenever you have a story involving a person whose neck is a particularly stupid color of red. (laughs) After all, we do associate banjo music with stupidity, inbreeding, and illiteracy. Media such as the Beverly Hillbillies and Deliverance didn't exactly help much, but let's be honest. The plink of a banjo lends itself to mockery, but this isn't fair to the instrument and players. The banjo is tricky to play and unforgiving of sloppy technique. Before the advent of the electric guitar, banjos were used in all kinds of music. Early jazz bands used banjos because they are louder than unamplified guitars. 
Bella Fleck is doing a great job of making the banjo a respected instrument again. I've included a link to one of Fleck's tunes to demonstrate my point. I hope you dig it. Also, how do you attract so many Kansans? Am I, I, am I saying that right? Kansans, yeah. I don't I don't know. I, we do have a lot of Kansans. We have a lot a lot of people from all over. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, are these do these people know each other? Like a lot of Floridians. Yeah. A lot of Floridians mm-hmm. listen to the show. A lot of people from Brazil listen to the show and they don't even they maybe they're hate listening because they never call in. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> but about the banjo, look, I'm not shitting on the banjo. I don't think it's a bunch of idiots. It just it is synonymous when you think of banjo, you think of you know, it's a <laughs> That's what you think about when you hear a banjo. Oh god. Because banjo's picking. Yeah. Not a lot of strumming mm-hmm. like a guitar. It's a lot of picking. And the other thing is, it wouldn't if I was trying to pull this one off, ah, I'm bitching and mad Trump supporters. <laughs> That doesn't really work. It does not. It doesn't play. So it has to be. It has banjo. to. It has to. It's the only thing that works, yeah. huh? And we know it's hard I to play. Bitches in <laughs> we know it's hard to play, but it just it goes with the And also, hang on, I'm not done ranting and raving okay. here. Conrad. If you're such the 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 prodigious uh, musician, why don't you uh Put your 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 picking and grinning where your mouth is, there, buddy. Yeah. And make me a new bumper for my uh, my making fun of the the color of the necks of the people who love Donald Trump so much. You know that is actually what I thought that email was going to contain, and then it didn't. And then you were disappointed. I was extremely disappointed. You don't want to disappoint the Britney Page. You brag about being a musician, but don't deliver a free bumper for the show. I think brag might be a little strong, Britney, but. <laughs> He didn't really brag about it. He just happened to mention it in passing. Well, I take it as bragging because I cannot play an instrument and I'm jealous. Nor can you play the instrument that you were given, which is your singing voice. I cannot that sing. That is a fucking train wreck. It is. A horrible mess. It really is. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like an abortion put to, to music. <laughs> you know, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> so if you're trying to make me feel bad about it, I don't know what's happening right now. No, I just find it funny, and I think we've talked about this many episodes ago about how you're you're not tone deaf uh-huh. because you hit you can hit the note, you just can't stay on it for you know a, a microsecond. The problem <laughs> is is that you don't even know if you're on. You're like, oh, does that? You'll ask me, oh, is are they a good singer? Yeah. And you just you know you don't have a. You don't have the ear. I don't. Brittany Page. I don't. All right. Well, as promised, and uh, this is a, a bummer. Well, first, I was going to play the call and then talk about the, the case, but let's, let's play this clip about this incident in Chicago where four black teenagers took to Facebook Live after having kidnapped a, a, an 18-year-old, apparently an acquaintance of theirs, a white acquaintance, and tortured, kidnapped... And took him for $300 ransom. We're going to turn now to that case in Chicago causing so much outrage. Four young black people seen on a Facebook Live video attacking a white teen with special needs. They now face kidnapping and hate crime charges. ABC's Alex Perez has the latest. This morning, authorities in Chicago calling that brutal attack broadcast live on Facebook a hate crime. Smack that! 
Investigators overnight charging these four suspects with felony hate crime, battery, and kidnapping charges. The actions in that video are reprehensible. That gut-wrenching video appears to show a bound and gagged 18-year-old white man kicked and beaten by four African-American attackers. It appears that he was in that physical position tied up in the corner for about four or five hours. The assailants hurling racial slurs at the victim whom authorities say is mentally challenged, even referencing the president-elect. Investigators releasing new details on how the attack unfolded. The victim, who knew one of the attackers and had plans to hang out with him New Year's Eve, ended up spending two days with him. When the suspect took him to a friend's house, investigators say it was there that a play fight escalated into a painful assault. We have the statements of the four of them. I mean, they admit that they were beating him. Um, kicking him. The victim has been treated and released and is now back with his family. He's doing uh, well as uh, as well as he could be at this time. This should never happen. And Facebook has since removed the video. The company in a statement says they have a team dedicated on call 24-7 to respond to cases like this one. Robin? Oh, horrible cases like this one. All right. Thank you. Well, I wanted to play that. Uh, Leading into the call, I guess, to, if, if for those of you who didn't know about this and hadn't heard about this, that is what this particular call from a listener is dealing with. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. Uh, this is Sean from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm leaving this message the day after the uh, the Facebook Live thing that happened where the uh, four uh, black teenagers uh basically tortured that young white man. Um, and I just wanted to leave this message because, first of all, what those people did is outrageous and horrible. And in my opinion, they should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And that's, you know, enough said there. Uh, but, of course, like as we speak, uh, BLM, Kidnapping is trending on Twitter. I haven't looked recently, but I think last night when I looked at it, it had, you know, over a hundred thousand retweets or something like that. And of course, Jesse, your girl, uh, Tommy Lauren, she was tweeting about it and I saw other, you know, prominent, uh, what could be described as alt-right accounts tweeting about it. And I guess I wonder since I just listened to your guys' latest episode, and Jesse, you talked about Dylan Roof and the, the death penalty there, and so I thought about were any of these people or all these people that are outraged by this as they should be, you know, were they half as outraged about, you know, Dylan Roof shooting up a church as they are about this? Um, I guess my ending thoughts on it are, you know, everyone should be outraged about this, but shouldn't we be outraged that it's four human beings doing it to another human being instead of, you know, four black people doing it to one white guy? Um, I guess that's all I got on this. Uh, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. There's a lot to unpack there. It is certainly... A terrible occurrence when, when humans hurt other humans. 
and there's a lot going on here relative to, look, let me say this first. The four people who did this are, I believe, without worth. I think they are pieces of shit. I think they should be in prison for as long as it is possible to imprison someone. I don't have concern for how they were raised. I don't have concern that they lived in poverty. They knew what they were doing was wrong. They harmed maybe inexorably this human being, this mentally challenged kid, young man. He might be physically unharmed, but you can bet your ass that there are going to be ramifications of this psychologically that carry with him or that he carries with himself for his entire life. Nightmares, anxiety, possibly panic attacks, all of these things are very possible, if not likely. They knew right from wrong, and they did this. They broadcast this. They called the mother, demanding $300. They cut him with a knife. They cut his hair. They terrorized him. Now, listen, personally, I'm not a proponent of hate crime legislation. I believe that there should be tougher sentencing for things like this. And if if I beat, the, listen, if I just take you and I kidnap you and I cut your hair and I terrorize you and I cut you with a knife and I demand a ransom... I don't believe it should be more punishable if I did it because you're black or 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 gay or anything. It just I did it. I should be punished. I believe hate crime legislation is thought crime legislation. That's just my personal thing. But race was entered into into this. They did this, I believe, spurned because of the the mess that we have socially in our country right now because Donald Trump is president. There's a hornet's nest that has been stirred up that is, I don't know that while he's president, it'll ever have time to settle. We're probably likely going to see more instances like this. Now, it's not necessarily Donald Trump's fault directly, but he sure as shit hasn't done anything to bring the country together after one of the most contentious presidential elections in the history of our country. Now, I'm kind of rambling here. I, I don't know how I'm how to answer the question. Well, I, I want to say something, which is that was a an awesome voicemail. Yeah, for sure. Very thoughtful. Very thoughtful, very well-spoken. And I... I didn't watch this video because I can't. Um, I have a hard time with stuff like this. Yeah, I even hearing the reporting on it is a little kind of makes me sick to my stomach. But um, I think it is important to know, I guess, that that this is going on. And I I like what he said. You know, just any time a human hurts another human, it's an outrage. And, yeah. you know, all these people that were tweeting about it. I hope that they're tweeting about every instance of, sure. uh, you know, humans being harmed. I think that's, well, a, that's a great point. As far as the hijacking of this incident and making it about Black Lives Matter, it, that is fucking ridiculous to the nth degree. 
just because someone who's black does something doesn't mean that the Black Lives Matter movement is going to stand behind it. Almost immediately when this came out, Sean, Sean, uh, what is his name? Sean King. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. The, the writer for the New York, da- New York Daily News. He came out immediately and wrote a long post about how this is egregious, unacceptable. There's no defense for it. And he is a, a big, you know, police brutality crusader against, against police br- brutality, against um, oppression. He is a pro-Black Lives Matter champion. And he didn't defend this. Black Lives Matter isn't defending this. This wasn't a Black Lives Matter thing. The alt-right, largely led by Tommy Lahren because she has the platform, nuance is not their friend. Mm -hmm. It's hard for them to separate the fact that black people who do bad things aren't automatically representatives of Black Lives Matter. Just like whatever other group, individual, doesn't represent the group. Not every Christian who who commits a crime is representing Christianity. You can't do that. Not every Muslim who does something bad is representing goddamn ISIS. That's not the way it works. The world is far more complicated than that. So anyway, I listen, I hope I, I, I addressed it to your satisfaction, Sean. I, we really do appreciate the thoughtful voicemails. They are, they're certainly not few and far between. We have a very thoughtful, well-intended audience. People who do understand nuance. And I think that's why they tune in. Although, you know, I could be a fiery jackass sometimes. I certainly do want to be as thoughtful as I have the ability to be, you know, trying to depress and suppress my lower urges, which are, you know, angry. I get angry real quick, but I want to be thoughtful in spite of that. So thank you very much. We appreciate the phone call. We appreciate the the emails very much. You guys, we love you. We have a very responsive, beautiful audience. If you, too, would like to sound off, you have something to say, have a question, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Huh? Little, little pew. You haven't done a pew in a long time. Little pew research. For a very long time. We want to get back to that. That yeah. was something we were doing a lot. We kind of got hijacked by the election. Didn't talk about it as much, and uh, we want to bring that back. So here we are. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a little bit of Pew, a little bit of Gallup, and a little bit of a research article that I found that was interesting from researchers at the University of Winnipeg and the University of Illinois at Chicago. So we'll start with the Pew, because this is really interesting, right? We just had the new Congress sworn in, right? The 115th Congress. That is right. And the share of U.S. adults who describe themselves as Christians has been declining for decades. But the U.S. Congress is about as Christian today as it was in the early 1960s, according to a new analysis by Pew Research Center. Indeed, among members of the new 115th Congress, 91% describe themselves as Christian. 91 
Wow. This is nearly the same percentage. Which, which, hang on, which is, uh, sorry, which is a higher percentage than there are Christians in the United States. Yes. Not representative. Yes. So this is nearly the same percentage as in the 87th Congress, which was from 1961 to 1962. Wow. When 95% of the members were Christian. Right. Yeah. Pretty intense. It, it, it is. Listen. Why are you not voting for people who represent you? So Why this, are you not running for... I'm screaming, but I could be doing the same fucking thing. Well, Why this, am I not doing this? Yeah, this is the thing. One in five Americans is religiously unaffiliated. But only one of the 535 members of the new Congress is. Only one. Right. Even though one in five Americans... In, in fact, that, that one might be the one who was the first one. Mm-hmm. Be, there have been very few, if any, open. I think there, we may have one openly atheist representative, and that's the one you're talking about. Well, I think that... Or just, there are none. They're unaffiliated. It, yeah, it says in this article, they admit to being unaffiliated. <laughs> it's an Arizona Democratic representative. Wow. It's a woman, right? Yes. Yeah. And... Good on her. Yeah. And, and according to Pew Research Center, the nation's top legislative body remains far more male and white than the rest of the U.S. population as well. Yeah. We, listen, the parties need to do a better job of recruiting individuals who, who represent the makeup of goddamn America. Well, and if you are wondering, 91% of Congress says they're Christian. That 71% of U.S. adults say that they are Christian. Right. So much higher. Ugh. Now, I want to move into Gallup because they released some numbers that were just fascinating, fascinating about how people feel about Donald Trump and how comfortable they are with his abilities. I'm I'm scared to hear. OK, so confidence. For, listen, for the for the sausage making aspect of this, how the sausage is made, I want everybody to know. I don't know what's coming here. Brittany organizes this segment and she just flashes it to me. So we'll. We'll see how pissed off I get. <laughs> so this question was asked of Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and now Trump. So there's some comparison here that we'll be able to to do as well. Confidence in presidents elect to handle presidential responsibilities. This is how the question was asked. Right. Now, I'd like you to think about blanks. Ability to handle a number of things over the next four years. Please tell me whether you are very confident, somewhat confident, not too confident, or not at all confident that blank can blank. Right. Okay. So so how confident are you that George W. Bush, Barack Obama are going to be able to do X, Y, and Z? Right. So with Trump, they asked, how confident are you that Donald Trump can prevent major scandals in his administration? Oh, holy fuck. Can I get... Let me guess. Well, these are the people who said very or somewhat confident. So go ahead. Um, I don't want to be... 13%. 44%. Oh, really? That many people? Yeah, but that's... Were very or somewhat confident that he's going to be able to, to, to head off at the pass? scandals from his administration? Yeah, but this is compared with Obama, which was 74%. So this is very, very low. 44%. Wow. Yeah, it's not it's not the majority, right? Still, that's a lot. That's shocking to me. Okay, well, that was the lowest one. I'm disappointed. One. That was I the lowest say. one. It only goes higher I want to here. turn the fucking mics off and just go to bed right now. <laughs> that is a bummer for me. Okay, use military force wisely. <laughs> oh, goddamn. 
This was 40. I, I'm, I'm not guessing anymore. It's just going to be fucking depressing. This was 47%. Uh, morons. And with Obama, it was 71%. With Bush, it was 78%. Hmm. So higher with Bush than Obama. And Which is typical of Republican. People usually think that the Republicans are going to handle the military better. Right. So manage the executive branch effectively. <laughs> 53%. For Trump? Yeah. Uh, but that's compared with 84% for Obama. So people right. were much lot, more confident. A, a, a massive gap. Uh, yeah. And yeah. comparing Bush and Obama, they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Pretty close on all these issues. Right. But with Trump, he just, these numbers tank because people are not confident that he can handle these things. What Wisely so. They're not confident. Right. So the, the last thing I want to talk about in this little research segment is something I read about in the LA Times, and it was an article about whether liberals and conservatives are equally equally resistant to learning about one another's views, mm. right? Oh, kind this, of, is, this is something we've talked about before. Yeah, like Echo Chamber. With, with the, the Unpersuadables, the book you read. Yeah, and even kind of, there's been research about who is most likely to delete a friend because of their political views. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a different experiment, a very interesting experiment. They offered participants a chance to win $10. And this was specifically to participants who, let's say, opposed letting gay couples marry. Okay. Sure. Okay. There was a catch to qualify for the prize. You, you mean assholes. <laughs> <laughs> to qualify for the prize drawing, they had to read eight arguments for legalizing same-sex marriage. Okay. Then they could get the $10. As an alternative, they could read eight anti-same-sex marriage statements, right? So, the statements that they agreed with. Sure. Something that mirrors their worldview. Right. Rather than something that did not. Sure. But any potential prize money would then be reduced to $7. So, okay. So, let me let me put this in, in dumb guy Jesse terms. So, $10 mm-hmm. if you read opposing viewpoints Correct. to your own. Yes. And only $7 on a percentage basis, a large percentage, less money if you read your own views. Your comfort little believies. Right, right. If yeah. you want to stay in your echo chamber, uh-huh. you get seven bucks. Right. If you want to be challenged, and you're not really being challenged, you're just reading someone else's opinion. You're just reading eight yours. statements. Right. <laughs> you get $10. Uh-huh. But you're still reading. Yes. It's still reading yep. words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am... The same amount of words. I am. I am fucking... Seriously, I am afraid to know what the percentage is here. Okay, so, well, this article says greed and curiosity were teamed up against motivated ignorance. I like that. Yeah, motivated ignorance. And they say motivated ignorance won. Most conservatives, 61%, chose to stay in their bubble and forego the extra cash. 61%. And when they gave liberals the same dilemma, slightly more, 64% chose to stay in their bubble. What a bummer. Yes. Against their own best interest because they're getting money. Real money. Yeah. It's not figurative monopoly money. Yeah. It's real. You're getting $10. Right. Well, and this is interesting. You can go buy like a half a cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this this trend held regardless of the issue. So they also asked about legalizing marijuana, climate change, gun control, or abortion. And then they also asked about the elections, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. And, sure, it, sure. and the result was pretty much the same on either side. And they- Which, which also, by the way, just for, for the benefit of the audience- that lines up with that. Who wrote that book, The Unpersuadables? Will Storr. Okay, yeah, yeah. So didn't he say that they found that conservatives were far more able to communicate 
Like when asked, hey, hey, liberal, why don't you explain what conservatives think? And hey, conservatives, why don't you explain how they think about this? That conservatives were more well-equipped to explain about liberals, where liberals weren't able, they had no, con- the, what? I, I, those, they're fucking the devil, I don't know. So you're actually explaining Jonathan Haidt's research. Oh, Jonathan Haidt. The righteous mind. Why am I so dumb? Well, you're not. You just <laughs> confused one book with another book. You see, everybody, this is why... This is why everyone needs to know. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. This is why Brittany's the best part, because she's the fucking brains of the operation driving the facts home. It's really not true. But I I, just one last thing on this. What was also interesting about this? There's so many things that are interesting. We should get John Hyde on the show. We really should. Is that everybody needs to go out and tweet John Hyde and invite him on the show. People didn't forego the extra money because they already knew the opposing arguments. Because before they did this whole experiment, they gave them a quiz to test their knowledge of the other side's views. And the participants were largely unaware of the other side's views on many of these issues. So it wasn't as though I'm not going to waste my time reading the opposition because I already know. Right, right. I don't want to be exposed. I want to be shielded from it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not wow. even worth my time, which is really problematic because wouldn't you want to know what the other side is saying so that you can better be prepared to argue against it? Sun Tzu, the art of war. Mm-hmm. You want to know your enemy like yourself. Yeah. LBJ. If you read Chris Matthews' book, Hardball Politics, which I highly recommend. I think his show is shit. I shouldn't say that. Maybe I won't get invited on. <laughs> but it's an awesome Awesome book. And he talked about LG, LBJ, LGB, LBJ, Linda Baines Johnson, President Johnson, uh, appointing people to positions and hiring people for positions who were his enemies. I'm fucking going off the rails here. But because he wanted them close to him. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's nothing to do with what we're talking about. Good times. <laughs> I, I know about books too, Brittany Page. <laughs> Is that what's happening here? I have no idea. Okay. So I am done boring everybody with that's the not boring. That's fascinating. research and Gallup and Pew. Yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to forego the Patreon mid-roll. And I'm going to talk about it myself. Perfect. So you're, you're still going to hear about it, everybody. But you're going to be hearing me talk about it. We would love a surge this year, obviously. I mean, that's what, what am I fucking, that's not like a secret. Really? They want more patrons? Right. <laughs> but we would love more patrons to come on board in the support family with us. Yeah. It's really going to help us do a lot of the stuff. I, I'm going to start taking some pictures in the studio here. We've got a little nook with some chairs and there's going to be some videos I'm going to be putting on YouTube that might not be, I doubt it, with Dollamore um, branded, but it's going to be Jesse Dollamore. There's going to be some Britney Page. There's going to be a lot more stuff going on. It all kind of runs together. And we really would love your support helping us produce this content because it, it costs money. You know, buying the new camera I just bought costs, you know, hundreds of dollars. And I'm dumb. I got to figure out how to use it. So anyway... <laughs> If you would like to help produce the show, join with us in producing the show, go check out patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. You can go to the website, dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page, support the show. You can donate through PayPal if you're more comfortable with that. You can go on dollamore.com slash shop, buy some coffee mugs, buy the four pack of stickers or whatever it is, 
we're, we're trying to create different avenues for our audience to join with us to support the show. Mm-hmm. So listen, we... We are we are dedicated this year to having more bonus content, to doing more stuff on YouTube, to creating more, and f- moving forward the conversation like never before right. on the show. Yeah, and we just had a Google Hangout with the Patreon supporters this a couple of days ago. Yeah. We've already scheduled the one for February as well. So the one in February is Friday, February 10th at 8 p.m. Los Angeles time. And well, there's tons of time to get in on that. And Saturday, February 11th at 9 a.m. Los Angeles time. So we're planning it in advance because we're not going to forget. And I'm not forgetting to send it to the PayPal people. Okay. I am like alerting. Like you did this time. Yeah. I'm alerting everybody. Okay. I'm, I'm, t- I'm putting it out there early. Right on. Okay. Listen, so we love you guys. We also just sent like 60 envelopes of stickers out. So Yeah, yeah, brand new. You should be getting stickers and we want to see them. Right on. So listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We are passionate about what's coming this year. And God damn it, it is going to be good, good times. And we want you to help us join us. Come on board. It would be awesome. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we've been talking about the CNN, CNN, the CIA thing for a long time. We talk about CNN too, but not quite as much as we've been talking about the CIA thing mm-hmm. with Donald Trump. And uh, he finally got his briefing. He was w- tossing out wild speculation about, oh, uh, maybe they're trying to come up with the story. You know, just fucking being Donald Trump with the tweets. Ugh. Well, he finally got it, and he's now saying it was constructive, but still misleading the information that they released. And in New York, Trump and Vice President-elect Mike Pence getting briefed by top intelligence officials on their report on Russia's election cyber attacks. U.S. intelligence officials say the findings are clear. The cyber trails lead directly to the Kremlin and to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Despite his ongoing public skepticism, Trump said his briefing Friday was, quote, a constructive meeting and conversation. In a statement, Trump also pointed the finger at China and other countries, saying they're also trying to break through American cyber infrastructure. And with two weeks until he takes the oath of office, Trump defending his win, saying there was absolutely no effect on the outcome of the election, including the fact that there was no tampering whatsoever with voting machines. But it's notable that after his briefing, Donald Trump still did not publicly acknowledge or accept the intelligence community's consensus view that Russia engaged in cyber attacks in an attempt to interfere with the election. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. So here's what I fear is going to happen. This is just going to go away. Donald Trump is going to ignore this long enough until new news comes up and he's able to walk away from this. Which is a travesty. Because we have a hostile foreign power attempting to interfere in our free and fair elections in favor of one candidate over the other. Unbelievable. We have an incoming president who is disrespecting our intelligence service. Well, it's strange because they released that declassified report on Friday after they met with him 
right? And it says, quote, we assess Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered an influence campaign in 2016 aimed at the U.S. presidential election. Russia's goals were to undermine public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrate Secretary Clinton, and harm her electability and potential presidency, the report said. And this included conclusions from the FBI, NSA, and CIA. Right. The same FBI that interfered in the election to release the, 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 the information about Hillary Clinton that didn't need to be released because there was nothing there in the first place. Right. They said, quote, we further assess Putin and the Russian government developed a clear preference for President-elect Trump. Clear preference. Not a shocker because Trump shows a clear preference for Lil, Lil Vladdy Putin. Ugh. But that's not the only thing that's going on this week. It's no surprise if I tell you that Donald Trump has been talking about building a wall and whipping up a fury and a frenzy among his supporters. Yeehaw! Build that wall! Goddamn, Trump! Uh-oh. Build that fucking wall, son! <laughs> oh, my God. In fact, I'm going to play a clip here. It's about a minute long of just one instance of him at a rally talking about the building the goddamn wall. And right at the beginning, when he's talking, he starts talking about the wall, you can hear a guy out in the crowd who sounds shockingly like what I was just doing while playing the banjo music. We have, we have so many things. These people come up to me, they say, Donald, you don't really mean we're going to build a wall, do you? And I say, I say, Absolutely, we're going to build a wall, 100%. They go, well, you don't really mean that. That was like when I first started in June. I said right from the beginning, we're going to build a wall. It's going to be a real wall. See that ceiling up there? I mean, this is a wall that if you get up there, you're not coming down very easy. Okay, you ready? Who's going to pay for the wall? Who? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I get a call from one of the reporters yesterday. And they said, the president of Mexico said, they will not, under any circumstances, pay for the wall. They said to me, what is your comment? I said, the wall just got 10 feet higher. It's true. It's true. So, so let me tell you, let me tell you, sir, then we're going to get back to your wall, okay? So... You know what? We all have good seats. Place is amazing. Thank you. If you have to start your own chant, you're not very good at what you do. Here we go. Build that wall. Build that wall. Build that wall. God damn. So anyway, clearly Donald Trump had his thing going, this mantra the entire time. I'm going to build a wall, and here's the most critical part of this. I'm going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it. House GOP officials are telling CNN that the transition team has signaled congressional Republican leaders that the president-elect's preference is to fund the border wall 
through the appropriations process as soon as April. In other words, American taxpayers would pay for it, and so will the panel if they're staying up late. Um, <laughs> Gloria, I mean, again, that's all we know on this. Not a lot of details. Right. What do you make of it? Well, I think it's uh, kind of astonishing that um, they're now saying that they want to fund the building of the wall through the appropriations process. And uh, we have heard that Mexico is going to pay for the wall. They want to do it in a spending bill, according to the great reporting by Manu Raju and Deirdre Walsh. Um, And the interesting point here is, as I played a few steps forward, is that I'm almost envisioning in my mind the fact that the Democrats could filibuster this or could try to shut down the government over refusing to fund the wall. We could find ourselves in a situation in which the Democrats then want to shut down the government. Kirsten, do you see this as a flip-flop? I mean, would this be a complete flip-flop? I definitely would want to get more information about it, I think. You know, there was some talk before about using some existing, um, not to have to pass a whole new bill, that there was already some existing legislation that had passed for yeah. funding uh, you know, under the Obama right. administration, who actually, believe it or not, was doing quite a bit in terms of uh, the border. And so uh, I, I definitely would want to get more information. If he actually does say, we're going to pay for it and Mexico's not paying for it, that would be a monumental yeah. flip Although you, I guess the middle ground would be we'll pay for it this way initially, and then down the road, Mexico will somehow reimburse. Right. Something of that nature. I'm just throwing up options. If you go on uh, Donald Trump's campaign website, there's actually a rather detailed PDF where he talks about proposing a rule on day one that would allow him to tax remittances. So he's put forth a detailed way in which Mexico will at least partially or wholly pay for Mm -hmm. this. So I I would fully expect to see part of this implemented. It was a a major part of the campaign, so I think more details. um, Partially or wholly pay. I would fully expect that Mexico would partially, well, no, 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 fucking partially, Kaylee McEnany. That wasn't the trope that was dragged out at every goddamn rally by Donald Trump. It was, he. I guarantee you, America, we're building a wall, a big, beautiful wall, and Mexico's gonna pay for it. Right, and now he's tweeting things like he tweeted three hours ago. Dishonest media says Mexico won't be paying for the wall if they pay a little later so the wall can be built more quickly. <laughs> media is fake. Paying later? Yeah, so I I thought of it this way, and then I saw several other people writing this example, and I was really bummed because I felt like I came You're like, up with it. Why didn't we record an episode before I saw these tweets? After right, I'd- but it would be like <laughs> it would be like me saying to you, Jesse, I'm gonna buy you a car. Now let's just let's head down to the car I, lot. I would be very excited. Yeah, because the Volvo is getting <laughs> a little long in the tooth. It really is. So I'm gonna buy you a new car. Let's go down there. Let's go. Okay. So we get down there. And then I turn to you when we're sitting there, we're getting ready to buy it, okay? And I say, why don't you go ahead and pay for this, and then I'll pay you back later. Yeah, that's not buying me a fucking car. But it's paying you back later. You know what that's called? Bamboozled. (laughs) That's bait and switch. Yeah. Is what that is. Yeah. And that's exactly what he is selling right now. Right. So people are trying to make excuses for it. Well, the other thing is... it seems pretty clear. A lot of people have accounted for this, the money, and it's going to cost an enormous amount of money to build. First of all, it might not be physically, in the real world, able to be done because of the geography and just the scope of the fucking project. But money-wise, God, there are so many other things we could be spending that money on. 
And if they repeal Obamacare, it's going to cost a bunch of money too. And if our economy is in shambles, like they've been talking about for the last year, how the fuck are they going to get that done? Mm-hmm. Ugh. So one more, one more example of Donald Trump being a liar, being a deceiver of the electorate. And not only that, Mexico is already sad. I declare, uh, I'm not going to pay for that fucking wall. I'm not going to pay for that fucking wall. They already said it in not even diplomatic terms. Now, granted, that's former President Vincente Fox, but he's still a prominent political figure in Mexico. So here's the other thing. And this episode went long. We, we, I have some other stuff planned, but we're going to have to push it until next episode. Donald Trump used to have a, a, a clothing line with Macy's department stores. And Macy's is, along with some other Sears and Kmart and some other retailers, are iconic retailers, are, are shutting down many stores. So I'm going to play a little clip about how the normal news media would cover such an economic occurrence in the market. And then we're going to talk about Fox News a little bit. Back here at home tonight and to your money, some of the country's most familiar stores closing hundreds of locations and cutting thousands of jobs tonight. Take a look at the map. Sears shutting down 150 of their Sears and Kmart stores coast to coast, everywhere where there's a logo. And then we add on tonight where Macy's is shuttering dozens of their department stores. Tonight, ABC's Eva Pilgrim with the reasons why. Tonight, massive cutbacks for two of America's iconic department stores. Sears, part of the American fabric for decades. Sears for America shops. Those holiday wish books, a family favorite. Tonight, Sears closing 150 stores, 108 of them Kmart. There will be layoffs, but the company not releasing those numbers. Sears also selling their craftsman tool business for $900 million to help pay off mounting debt. Macy's getting hit too, shutting down 68 stores, 6,200 jobs gone. We're definitely going to see more stores close. This is really just the beginning. Sears reporting holiday sales down 12% this year, while overall internet sales are booming. $91 billion in profits this season, up 11%. David, both Sears and Macy's reps say the savings from the upcoming cuts will go to help boost online sales. Macy's is also planning to add an additional 50 discount stores. So that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of facts. That's a lot of nuance involved in reporting on those three organizations that are closing down many stores. Also disappointing. Absolutely. It's, it's loss of jobs. All of these people are losing jobs. Yes. So when... Fox News decided to report on this. Well, who did they send? Well, they sent this lady. What about the majority? Okay, the majority. I'm so tired of protecting the minority. And how do you think that Fox News reported on this particular item of Macy's, who Donald Trump used to have a relationship with? <laughs> well, I'm sure you can guess. Do you remember when Macy's, the department store, dissed President-elect Donald Trump and banned his products from its stores? Well, that may have been a huge mistake, as he would say. <laughs> that department store is now cutting more than 10,000 jobs and closing 68 of its stores. Macy's blaming the rough holiday season and more people shopping online. So she sounds almost jovial 
Yeah, kind of giddy. Yeah, this is like a huge mistake. Gal. Fuck you, Macy's. Look what you did. 10,000 people, she just said, with her own stupid, hateful mouth, are going to lose their jobs. But shouldn't she be more concerned about the economy and yeah. what's going to happen to the people that are losing their jobs? Absolutely. That seems like maybe the focus. The natural human thing to do. Yeah, that Not, should... Oh, nah, 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 nah. Right. Maybe you shouldn't have um, worked with Donald Trump. Maybe you shouldn't have been mean to Donald Trump. It, 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 it leaves me without words. It, it is disgusting. But, you know, what would you expect from... What about country? the majority? Okay, the so majority. tired of protecting the minority. She's real tired, Brittany Page, of protecting the minority. Mm-hmm. People out of power, fuck them. Let's... Let's protect the the majority, the people in power. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we need to worry about. Yeah. They're the ones that need protecting, not the minority. Oh, God, it makes me so fucking mad. Yep. Sure does. You know what else makes me mad, Brittany Page? <laughs> It's the asshole of today. Martin Shkreli. <laughs> yeah. Martin Shkreli makes me real, real mad. On January 5th, he messaged a journalist named Lauren Duca. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Probably not, but and let's move ahead. He, Forge ahead, Brittany Page. He said, hey, I have a plus one to the inauguration. He actually didn't of write course. inauguration. He said, inaug. Uh, if yeah, you want to be my plus one. So she went ahead and took a little screenshot of that and tweeted it and said, I would rather eat my own organs. Wow. Pretty strong response there of rejection. Pretty popular tweet. Uh, (laughs) As you would imagine. Yeah. It is Martin Screlly, the pharmaceutical douchebag, the the AIDS drug 5,000% price increase guy. We didn't really talk about who he is, but I assume the audience knows. Yeah, his name is pretty synonymous with asshole. Martin Screlly. So he tweeted back, well, start with your heart. What a cold you-know-what. He said you-know-what? Apparently. Um, Well, I didn't say that, so yeah. Yeah. The ex-CEO then changed his Twitter profile picture to what appears to be a photoshopped image of him and the journalist sitting on a couch together. He also posted a collage of photos of her under text saying... Till death do us part. Oh, that's a little stalkery. Yeah, so it was a little weird. He's a friendless fuck, this guy. There's no chance this guy has a cadre of friends. So the journalist... you looked at him? The journalist tweeted... I'm not much to look at, but he's a weaselly little prick. The journalist tweeted to the... I've already played the disclaimer, disclaimer, Brittany. Yeah, the Twitter CEO, (laughs) Jack Dorsey, asking, how is this allowed? And shortly after that, his account was suspended. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, not permanently. No, I think just suspended. Just a slap on the on the pencil neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's a little pencil neck douche. Now he'll have to find an alternative method to find a date for the inaug. For the inaug. Yeah. Yeah. Got a plus one for the inaug. I bet Tommy Laren's looking for a date. I'm sure she's invited. Yeah, but they could go together. They both have invitations. Yeah. That is a perfect pair, actually. You're right. They should do that. 
You should tweet her and recommend that. I mean, <laughs> now they can't hook up on Twitter, but I'm sure that they can find other. I know methods. you're looking at me and saying I should do that, but I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to to redirect that to the audience. Okay, so you're not Everyone. a matchmaker. I'm not a matchmaker. Okay, but I'm sure there's many, many hundreds of matchmakers in the audience that would be happy to tweet to Tommy Laren and and Martin Shkreli once his account. You could just say his name and let her to... know who the perfect person yeah, for her is. Yeah. yeah, it's a match made in heaven, mm-hmm. Brittany Page. Yeah. All right. Well, with that match made in heaven, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, if you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there is a link that says support the show. And we would love to have you join us, helping us produce the show and move the conversation forward all the time. Even while I'm sleeping, I'm moving this goddamn conversation forward. So thanks for your participation. Thank you for checking us out. Tell a friend... Help us grow. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. <laughs>